there. Thanks so much for joining me today. God is so good. I'm so in love with him. I'm so excited to share the revelation knowledge that he's given me today. Let's acknowledge him. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you care about us. We thank you and praise you that you want us to know, that you want us to learn of you, to have the revelation knowledge, to live that abundant life you came to show us. So we thank you and praise you. We receive from you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. He's so exciting. And he wants to talk to us today about our provision. And he gave me the story of the widow in 1 Kings 17. I just want to talk a little bit about chapter 16 because it kind of gives us a little bit of an um, introduction to Elijah and um, it talks about all these men that were kings, and um, each one, in God's eyes, was worse than the next. And God was so disgusted with them that he caused a drought, and that was a word that Elijah gave, is that there would be a drought. And, you know, just stopping right there and thinking about that, sometimes it seems like in our Christian lives, that there's a drought. When we're trusting God, we're thinking we're trusting God, and there's just no rain. There's just no provision. And there's just so many things in the story that I saw as I looked at it. And so I'm just going to pop a few things in there, but not go over all of it. But then what I want to read to you is in chapter 17. Um, We'll start with verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn east. He told um, Elijah to go from that place. And um, there would be provision for him by the brook. And there was. And he said, You shall drink of the brook. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And so he did according to what what the Lord said. And he went and dwelt there east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to go to Zarephath, I think that's how you say it, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there, and behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he went, and when he came to the the gate of the city, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, first of all, I want to say that he said he commanded a woman there, right? Where did I see that? I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he provided for him by the brook. And then when that dried up, he told him a different place to go. And so the thing I want to point out is we have to have an ear to hear. We have to be looking to God to have our provision. We have to look to him for answers. Um, Jesus said, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And I've learned that that means you just keep looking for instruction. Revelation knowledge from God is going to come as you seek and knock. Because our part is to live in the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. He said, don't go after stuff, but live God's way. Luke 6.33 Seek his way of doing and being right, and everything you need is going to be added to you. And God wants us to know that um, our, you know, we can just have that provision and that story is told here, but we have to keep looking to him, not looking to ourselves 
or what we think, living our lower standard that we live. His way is higher than our way, and we have to look to him for that direction. And the more we do, the more understanding of his kingdom we're going to have. And in his kingdom is where Elijah was living. He was living instructed by the Lord, and he did everything God told him to do. Now, he said this woman was going to provide for him. And so he got there. He asked her for a glass of water. And so I want to point out to you before we go on even, this woman had been um, seeking God. She had been because God spoke to her. He said he was going to send someone and that he was to feed that person. And not getting too far ahead of myself in the story, I want you to notice what she said and where she might be coming from. So anyway, when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a woman was there gathering sticks, and he called out to her, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have a loaf baked only for a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in the bottle. See, I'm gathering two sticks, and I may go in and bake it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. <laughs> so, right? She's like, I just got a little bit, and this is it. And maybe that's how we feel sometimes. This is it. I've given up. We're going to have this, and that's it. We're going to die. I'm going to make this meal for me and my son, and we're going to die. She was weary. She was definitely weary. And... um Anyway, then Elijah said, don't worry. He said, fear not. Go and do as I have said and make me a little cake. First bring it to me and afterward prepare some for yourself and your son. And thus says the Lord of God of Israel, the jar of the meal will not waste away and the bottle of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. And she did as Elijah said, and she said he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not spent, nor did the bottle of oil fail, according to the word which the Lord spoke through Elijah. And so she did what he said. She had faith. And I think she had that faith because she heard God. And God said that he was going to send someone she was to feed him. And so when she heard what he had to say, um, I believe that the faith in her that God gave her caused her to listen to him. He proved to be sent by God. He encouraged her, and he said, don't fear. And she followed that instruction, and she had provision. And so it didn't make sense to give your last um, bit of flour and oil to someone else when you have a child, right? You think that you should provide for your child first, and then if you have any leftover, maybe you can feed somebody else. But she did the opposite knowing that God was going to do what he was going to do because he told her so. And I just want to point out, you know, when, when God says something to you, faith comes by hearing the word of God. When you hear God say something to you about your provision, then you have some faith from that, and you look for that provision, and you follow the instruction that God gives you. You know, she could have missed it and it just went with, I'm just going to eat it and die kind of thing, or it's too late, you know, I'm too down and out, I'm not going to do this. I don't, you know, whatever excuse she may have. But I believe that you can see that it's God when he speaks to you. And I just want to stress that point. When I've heard God speak to me and he tells me 
to do something and um, it's for my provision, then I do that and that provision happens. But many times I've missed it. I hadn't been giving him my full attention and he gave me an instruction and I didn't do it for whatever reason. I didn't do the instruction he gave me. Um, and then there, there was no provision. There was no rain. <laughs> there, nothing was being fulfilled and things are just getting drier and drier and down to the last flower and the oil. And so anyway, upon him coming to her and being that she could give to him, the Bible says, Jesus said in Luke 6:38, give and it'll be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. And that's how God's kingdom operates. And so Elijah was giving of his gift. He, you know, he was the man of God and he went and he did his part and he got provision. And then she did her part and gave to him. And then he had his provision. And that's how God's kingdom operates. And we need to know that. We need to know that we have to go to him for instruction. Um, I had said to God, I need some money. You know, things are drying up. I got a drought going on here. What's going on? I need some money. He said, you don't need any money. He said, you just need to manage what you have. So I'm thinking I'm being wasteful and I'm just, you know, trying to stretch everything out. And then he tells me that's not it. That's not what I meant. What I meant is you're not using your gift. You know, your gift that is on the inside of you, that's planted on the inside of you, has great value because it's from God. It's what he called you to do. What he called Elijah to do was his gift, his assignment from God, and his gift was his provision. And that's what God is saying. He's saying that you have to value that gift, that precious gift that God himself put on the inside of you. And that gift that's planted in there, it's built in, is your provision. And if you don't use that gift, you're going to have drought. There's going to be drought in the land. And not only that, you have to follow all the other things that God tells you to do. You have to follow the principles of the Word of God. And wherever you're missing it, you know, God wants you to know you got to go to Him. Wherever you're missing it, He's going to make provision for by giving you that revelation knowledge. So living in the kingdom of God, we know are so many things. And, and the whole big thing about God is we are to love. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and then to prefer the other person. We're to call those things to be not as though they were. We're to have faith action. I can't tell you everything right here in one sitting, but the gist of it is that God has a way of doing. When we live in his kingdom, we live his way according to his will. And then it'll be a flow. It said she hadn't run out. After she did her part, after she gave of her food, the last of her food, she hadn't run out for many, many days. And so that was what God was telling her to do. Given will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
When you have a gift, it's the same thing. Give and it'll be given unto you. And we all have a gift. And it's not if you have a gift. But when you give your gift, it's going to be given back to you. Proverbs says your gift makes room for you. So what God put on the inside of you, my problem was, is I wasn't giving that gift away at that stage in my life. I wasn't giving it away. In fact, I was hiding it. I was ashamed of me. I wasn't valuing the gift that God put on the inside of me. I wasn't understanding the importance of it. And, you know, we get that mindset, you know, from so many different um, ways. And I don't want to get into all that. But I want to say to you and encourage you today that you have to value that gift that God put on the inside of you. You have to know the importance of that gift that he put in you and how he cherishes you, that you're of value to him and that he already caused provision for you just like everybody else, just like this woman. She was about to give up and die. I believe she was becoming weary as we do and give up on God. And then all of a sudden, Elijah shows up, the man of God shows up and sparks that faith that God planted on the inside of her to know that that was her instruction. She stepped out on the water. She gave her last meal. And then she had provision for many, many days after that. And that's what God is saying to us today. I am not holding out on you, saith the Lord, but I have already provided for you. Each and every one of you have a precious gift from me on the inside of you, one that suits you, one that you will love to do. It'll give you a zeal for life. And when you use that gift and you give it, then you're going to be provided for. You know, so much of the time we look around and say, well, wow, you know, and that person and this person, then we start thinking that less than of ourselves, And we need to go to God and find out what he's thinking, what he sees. And when we see what he sees, we're going to see the truth. And we're going to see how we are valued and the value of the gift that he put on the inside of us. And to know that that is our provision. You know, it's not how you see yourself or how someone else sees you or, you know, the way that you're judged. And, you know, the thinking we think is this, just as the way I'm going to be all my life. And, you know, I don't have anything special about me. And, you know, just this ordinary life I'm living and um, always in lack and got to say no. Nope. I'm no respecter of persons. You are cherished. You are important to me. I value you. He went way out of his way for this woman, even though she was just having a tiny bit, a little bit of faith left. And then he ignited that faith to the place where she gave her last meal and she was taken care of and she saw who God was. She saw who God was. And, you know, um, the rest of the story is kind of weird because all of a sudden her son dies and she's like back to where she was before. And, you know, even though God could have just, you know, just said, all right, forget it. He didn't. Elijah went and he took the boy in his room and he laid on him 
three times and called out to God, and God restored his breath. And then he brought, I don't remember which translation I was reading, he brought the boy to her and said, see, this is who God is. I said that part, but he was saying, see, here he is, he's fine. This is who God is. And then she believed after that. She believed. She believed more than she believed before. And if we would just give God a chance and just keep believing and stop giving up, stop giving up and seek Him. You know, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, you're going to start digging into, who is this guy? What is he thinking? Why did he create me? What am I, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I going to do this? You know, um, we can miss it. I've missed it so many times just because I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't go and do the, the foundational things that I needed to do with my gift to make it do anything. Like I told you, I was hiding. God kept saying, when are you going to come out of the temple? I'm waiting for you. And that's what he's saying to you. He's saying, when are you going to get it? I gifted you. You have a talent on the inside of you. And it's for my glory. And it's for your provision. And it's, for, it's a gift for others. They need what you have. There's so many messages in the story. It's so exciting. And so God just wants you to know that today, that he cherishes you. He values you. And your provision has already been made for you. And you're not less than. He doesn't treat any of us with any more, um, any more favoritism than the other. He favors all of us. And we keep looking at him the wrong way. We keep comparing ourselves with others, but we have to know, just like he said to Cain, he said, why are you so downcast? We all have the same chance. You just have to believe what God said and sit at his feet and get healed of all those wrong things that were said to you when you were younger that you grow up with. And, you know, it really has everything to do with how you value yourself and how you look at yourself and how you think others are looking at you. When God looks at us all the same, all valued, all cherished, he loves all of his children, including you. And so he wants you to know that today. And he wants you to know when you live by his principles, then it's going to rain in your life. You're never going to run out. You're going to have everything that you need. So you have to have that understanding. You have to have revelation knowledge. Jesus said, Seek God's way of doing and being right, and what you need will be added to you. It'll just flow in your life. And seeking His way of doing and being right also means doing it. You have to be obedient to Him. If you're doing something that is against the law, His law, He's going to tell you. If you need to forgive someone, He's going to let you know. If you need to have the actual faith action and give away your last meal, He's going to tell you that. Whatever the instruction is, it might make your heart beat a little. Sometimes it does mine. But you know that he's working on your behalf. He's setting you up for a miracle. You know, so the first thing is, if you never have, you have to ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you and start changing you, healing you. He works from the inside out. He just changes everything about you, helps you to see um, he washes you with the word, John 15 says. He gets all the dead branches out of your life, things that aren't going to produce any good fruit. 
And when you come in agreement with him, then you're going to have that provision. Then you can ask what you will, and it's going to be done for you. Because you're living in agreement with him. You're living in the kingdom of God, and you're obeying him. And so that's what really being a Christian is about. It's not about saying a prayer and getting a quick ticket to heaven. It doesn't work that way. You have to be in agreement with God. <clears throat> and while you're in agreement with God on the earth, he wants you to look good because that makes him look good. It shows who he is. Just like when Elijah came, came and talked to the widow, he was showing her who God was. He was showing her. And, you know, that good news that she heard that, you know, God was sending someone, she knew that. And sometimes we hear things and we think, oh, it's too good to be true. You know, God put a dream in my heart and um, I've been working on that dream. And also I've always had this other dream that I believe goes together. And I believe God put that dream also on the inside of me because God just knows what you love. He does. And so I believe what I guess I mean to say, our dream is his dream and his dream is our dream. And it all works together for our good. But anyway, when I share that dream with people, they're just like, wow, you know, that's really out there. And I don't know. But I want to just encourage you that those dreams, those dreams are going to come true. If you can believe it, anything is possible for him who believes. And God so wants to fulfill your every dream. He told me that, <clears throat> excuse me, when my son was born and I was just asking him for that one favor. And he said, I don't want to just do one favor for you. I want you to move all the way into my kingdom so I can bless you coming in, bless you coming out, blessed, blessed, blessed. So when we live in his kingdom in agreement with him, that is being a Christian. And that is what um, God wants for us. He wants us blessed. And that's what you, you're committing to when you ask him to come live on the inside of you, that you're going to just be blessed, that you're going to find out his way of living and doing and being right. And you're going to live in his kingdom and you're going to, excuse me, represent him. And so if you've never asked him, I'd love to pray with you. If you've never asked him to come live on the inside of you, you should know that he is knocking on the door of your heart. You already know that. And in Revelation, it says, if you invite him in, he's going to come in and hang out with you. He's going to be your God, and he's going to recreate you in his likeness. You should know that he bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain, so healing comes with it. He took stripes for your healing. He, he just took care of all the bad things in your life. God is against bad. He calls bad evil. Anything that is not of God, God looks at as evil. So sickness is evil. God doesn't want you to be sick. Poverty is evil. He doesn't want you to be broke. Sadness is evil. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to have happiness, peace, joy, and contentment. He wants you to have a zeal for life. And so when you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, those are all the fringe benefits of not only having all that, but having the God of the universe as your best friend. He just wants to take care of you and love you. That's all he wants. He came that you may have life and have it to the full until it overflows. And that comes with revelation knowledge. So you got to get to know him. You got to have that revelation, that relationship with him so you can have the revelation knowledge. So you can look at the word of God, which is him. 
You got to know the word of God. You got to look at it. That's who he is. That's how you get to know him. And then he just makes things come alive. Otherwise, you're just going to read it and not get it. So many people say, I don't get it. Just sounds like a bunch of stuff to me. Or they think they get it, but they don't really get it because God is the one who makes it come alive for you. So if you want to ask him to come live on the inside of you, I'd love to pray with you. Dear Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you are good and you want to recreate us into your likeness so that you can just do good in your life, so that you can just bless us coming in and bless, it, bless us coming out, so that you can just change all those things on the inside of us to good so that we can be happy. And also, um, we know, Lord, that you're calling us to be a witness for you. And so when we live that life that you called us to, then we're going to be showing others who you are, just like Elijah did. And we're going to be showing others the goodness of who you are. And we thank you that you would help us with that, Lord. We're asking you to come and live on the inside of us and also to help us to be faithful to you, to do your work, to show who you are, to let that recreation happen and help us to obey you, Lord, so that we can have our provision in every area of life. We love you, praise you, and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, I'd love it so much if you let me know. I have contact information at the end of my video. God bless you, and thank you so much for listening today.